Welcome to Skip It, the podcast where we look into the world's most famous kangaroo, Skippy, star of the 60s and 70s TV show, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. This week's episode is called The Waratah Festival, and it features our usual family, along with a criminal played by Edward Heppel and a couple of cops played by William Hodge and Stanley Rogers. The screenplay I thought was interesting. It's by Ross Napier. Original story by Carol O'Dell. Why didn't she just write it in screen format and claim all the glory? Johnny, do you have a bad story? I don't know, but I have a feeling Ross Napier was just like, he wanted that screenplay uh, credit no matter what. He sounds like a wolfhound, Ross Napier. He just turns up on all of our episodes. So interesting. This is Carol's idea as you go. Yeah, and she's only done like, she only did a few episodes and then another TV series in 1966, Inside, self-presenter. So, you know, so minimal work. So, yeah, very interesting. But she was uh, juniorised by by old Ross Napier. Can I just add so the, to that, that yeah. after watching this episode, I have a feeling that his name is wrong. It actually should be Nos Rapier because there was quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to some of the controversies in this I haven't so. heard so much wolf whistling in, like, ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of our characters definitely uh, amps it up in this episode. So you, you'll find out who that is coming up shortly. So the show opens with Skippy bouncing around joyfully, and then we hear the sound of a whistle in the bushes, and some cops are there dressed in black ties, which seems like overkill for a bush chase, but but these are more schmick times, and they're chasing after a criminal tacky who is hiding under a rock, and the cops yell out for him to come out, but they can't see him, and tacky drops some jewellery out of his hand, and it lands below and Skippy grabs it and runs off like a vulture. Lee, what were your thoughts on this intro? Well, it was certainly started with a bang. I mean, they really took the whole thing about start the episode with action and get people hooked straight away. And that that diamond necklace really looked impressive. So it doesn't surprise me that in colonial bushland Sydney that Skippy just nabbed that pretty quickly and stuffed it in her pouch. It couldn't quite work out yet why she decided to grab it and run off with it. Like, did she know he was a criminal? Did she plan to give it to the cops later on? That was really unclear. Shiny, shiny, maybe. Yeah, yeah, she was a little bit of a golem about it. Like, she was just like, precious, um, put it in my pouch. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because he was trying to hide under a cave and they almost capture him, but they don't. But, yeah, it was... A very interesting start. And as Lee said, it was just sort of straight away right into it. Yeah, it was a very interesting start. And we know after the Mr. Trumbull episode that Matt does not like unexplained jewellery. So I'm quite worried <laughs> at this stage. Skippy's just, And we know she's obsessed with babies as well. So maybe jewellery is <laughs> another obsession for Skippy. So we, we get off to a bit of an action-packed start, like you guys said. And then back home, the family appears to be building a nativity scene. And it turns out that it's actually a bush float for a parade, and they're representing the Waratah National Park. As the only residents of Waratah National Park, that's a fitting choice. It's up to them. <laughs> and Jerry is annoyed because he wanted dolls on the scene, whereas it's mostly plants. And then sexy music starts playing, and you wonder if Jerry is referring to sex dolls. Matt then throws shade, saying, it's not Bondi Beach, Jerry. 
and Jerry keeps <laughs> insisting, and this is definitely the horniest he's been all series. Yeah, what Jerry is. About, yeah, what do you think, Johnny, about Jerry's behavior? Oh, he is uh, just showing his desperation here. But he was like, I, I didn't know what he meant by dolls at first, because I was thinking, like, what, dolls? Dolls? Like, toy, toy dolls? And then, like, I, he said, oh, no, we need some girls. And then I was like, what? Like, for a national park? That doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense. He actually um, led into dolls, though. He led into it because the first thing he said was, oh, I know this cute little number that I can pick up and put in a bikini. Like, just yeah. the most belittling, derogatory thing he could say. I can't imagine Carol writing that. That must have been Ross's influence, you think? Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, though, all that bit's Ross. Actually, just let's put our cards on the table. Do you think the float looked boring? Do you think dolls would have made it better? What were you thinking about the float as this argument was flaring up? Lee? Well, given the excitement that happens later on, and we won't spoil why, but it certainly wasn't related to the float necessarily. I would say that if you had littered it with sex dolls, it probably would have for this town really spiced <laughs> things up. They had yeah. got some cute little numbers and some dolls out there. And it was interesting yeah. because even the language that they used just was very sexually oriented. Like, you know, when Matt's sort of demonstrating his artistic skills when he yells at Mark for not putting the flowers where he's putting them because mm. it's ruining the contour. Like, even just that word, I thought, that's interesting. Yeah, Matt yeah. gets like super fussy about it. Like, and yeah, Lee, you're right. He like is it's it's his only way to express his artistic side. So he's getting really like funny about it, and then also like no one wants to do it as well. But he seems the most keen. Like that's the yeah. thing. I think he secretly wants to do it the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the float is just like a whole bunch of bushes and and bush flowers attached. Yeah to a really, really long trailer and they've got some kind of sort of shield and then, like, later on we find out where Skippy and Hector go on that. But, like, and and it does sort of look okay, but, yeah, it doesn't really sell what it's selling, if you know what I mean. No. So I guess we can all agree an alternative name for the episode could have been Blue Balls. But, uh, <laughs> Jerry's Blue Balls. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's Blue Balls. But they went for Waratah National Park instead. And so then there's a twist in the story. A cop car arrived. Uh, the cop gets out and he doesn't recognise the float, further validating Jerry's contention that it needs more dolls. Now, the cop <laughs> reports that a diamond thief is loose and that he could be dangerous given the value of the diamonds. And Tacky is in a bush overhearing the conversation. Mm. As the family goes inside, he jumps onto the float to get his diamonds back from Skippy's pouch and then takes cover under a sheet when they come back outside. Lee, we've been for a few different episodes, some dark, some light. Were you getting a sense of what type of episode this was going to be at this point? I didn't know it was going to end up being as comical as it was. We should point out, just because you, we mentioned the shield before, and you alluded to Hector, John, and mm. Skippy obviously being on the float. So we should really make that clear for everyone that the idea is that they were going to do like the Australian coat of arms. Yes, so they were yes, going to do yep. a, a real-life reenactment of it by having Skippy on one side, Hector, our favourite emu from the last episode, yep. on the other side. And, and yeah, they're so- already on the float. At this point, when uh, yes. Tacky comes in um, once everyone's sort of gone, they're on the yeah. float and they see him get up into the float and, like, get under a blanket under the bushes on uh, the float. Yeah. So, um, because Sonny has trained them to not move for two hours. So they can't <laughs> that's right. the criminal. They're just being really obedient following oh, the instructions. 
And and let's not forget Matt's classic quote, like Matt's sort of, you know, doing his Brady Bunch dad thing here, where it's like, an idea is only worth doing if it's worth doing well. He was That's why he was sort of being fussy about the whole uh, well, float the, thing. Yeah, because that argument kept coming up between Jerry and Matt, where Jerry keeps complaining that the other floats will have dolls, and yeah. all they've got is this. And even getting Hector onto there, Sonny essentially shoves Hector... <laughs> Shoves a live emu and then is having to hold it still for the camera by grabbing it around the neck. And you can (laughs) hear him just like, oh, what the whole time is this kid is just. (laughs) And um, and then also, yeah, the as Ashwin said before, he Matt um says, Are they gonna be all right? And Mm. Sonny says, I've trained them for weeks to you know stand still because there's gonna be lots of noise and stuff at the thing, so they've got to be prepared. But it's amazing that they actually they're not the ones that cause any trouble. Like that's in that's where I thought it was gonna go. Well actually I'm I'm not a sorry, you go, Johnny. Oh sorry, I just also wanted to mention because we are we are obsessed with cost and inflation in this thing. So the necklace was worth thirty thousand dollars, was it? Yeah, now I yes. think last time we worked out it's about a six to one ratio. So yeah, that's so that's quite money. a lot of money. Yes, that's high uh, end. That's that's yeah. That's t- tacky is made after that. <laughs> yeah, so you understand why tacky is very desperate to get yep. this necklace back. It's now, his big so, pay. Yeah, and now Matt's worried about them staying still. Sonny says he has trained them well; they'll stay still on the float. But in previous episodes, <laughs> Hector has stayed still for hours to be painted. While Skippy can't stand beside a human baby for more than 30 seconds without relocating it, Lee, who are you more worried about, Hector or Skippy on this float? Oh, well, we already know as well that Hector's a drunk. So I was definitely (laughs) more worried about Hector because we've already seen him go berserk. And he was giving Tacky the evil eye big time Mm. when he was watching Mm. Tacky trying to creep towards Uh, Skippy to get that pouch. But did nothing about it. And as the car starts, you wonder, you know, why Skippy doesn't rat Tacky out. But again, the stillness training has been too effective. Neither Skippy or Hector can do anything. They're paralysed. When they're leaving the Waratah National Park, Sonny and Mark come out and they're dressed in the ranger khakis, like, as yeah. little rangers. And, like, I thought it was pretty adorable. But then, like, it totally, like, gave me, like, Irwin family, Steve Irwin vibes. Like, yeah. just how they're all just in khakis. Like, yeah. I was like, cool. But obviously, they've got actual pants on instead of, like, you know, shorts. Because we haven't seen um, Sonny and Mark in the uniforms before. No, so that's an interesting point to make. So Sonny and Mark are in the back of the float on the bushland with um, Hector and... As, as little uh, bush... Uh, as bush rangers. Uh, rangers uh, for Waratah National Park. While Jerry and Matt are in the front cabin of the vehicle, driving the vehicle, so the two can't really interact with each other. It's quite hard and, to see over it. And as they're driving towards town, they stop at a toll collection booth. Oh, yeah, this, this was exciting. This because also... You got to see like the old Sydney tolls. Yeah, that's right. This old school world where you had a man in a booth collecting mm. just ten cents, which I guess is sixty cents today, which still still seems quite low. Mm. But um, neither Matt or Jerry have ten cents on them. Yeah, what a bunch of bums! Like, they don't have anything. <laughs> don't they have salaries? No, they asked the toll attendant to speak to Sonny and Mark, <laughs> the child, the children. Um, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and they don't have any money either. So, again, it's it's very strange family. And then he, as the attendant is walking back 
towards the front of the truck, we hear a psst, and Tacky leans out from under a blanket to hand over 10 cents. So now this operation is actually costing him money. Um, <laughs> and the attendant waves the family through, and no one on the vehicle suspects what has happened, which is a classic Shakespearean comedy of errors building yep. here, which is a theme that keeps going. Johnny, what was your impressions of where this episode is heading at this oh. point? Well, yeah, this is where I started to go, this is getting silly, you know. Um, this is getting, like, sitcom territory a little bit. I guess Tacky was just like, these fucking idiots. <laughs> I don't know, I guess. Like, <laughs> why are they even going out with no money? And, like, two grown men driving a car with a massive float and they've got no money. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, that was pretty hilarious. It was super strange because this is in a world before FPOC. Like now you can imagine not having coins on you. What was Mac going to do if he had to pay for fuel or if he had to buy yeah. lunch? He did point out, though, that he had his checkbook and he tries to write. Well, he <laughs> insinuated that he's going to write a check for 10 cents and that's when the toll booth says, I'm not getting a check for 10 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, Matt. So Tacky keeps trying to get to Skippy while not being noticed, but he's unsuccessful. It's very hard to get to Skippy on this trip without being seen. So we've arrived at the parade. Can we, um, because at this point they're in town and we should paint the scene because there is a full parade and tons of floats. Why don't we cover our impressions of of the scene? Because I was going to get into that as we go because new things happen along the way. But what are your initial impressions of, of the parade, Johnny? There was a bit actually trivia for this one. The action scene set at the Sydney Waratah Festival procession was staged and filmed in front of a real live procession's audience while they were watching a Skippy float participate in the parade. So it was an actual real life procession. And there's sort of like a term I sort of learnt off the Red Letter Media YouTube where it's um, shoot the rodeo, where if there's like, something in town that's big and going on like that's just free you know uh production production value so because i was wondering how they managed to afford like three thousand extras this felt like a very expensive episode yeah and that's why i was like going this cannot be just for them yeah so it was sort of it was funny because they actually staged and filmed it so they must have had lots of cameras and everything about so yeah yeah, it was um obviously still probably a big deal Lee, what about you? Did you have any impressions on the parade at that point? Yeah, interesting to note that the marching bands were there. There was tons of floats that all looked actually a lot nicer than the one that the Waratah <laughs> people yeah. had. And and yeah, I think just to set that scene, that's when we see Tacky try to go for the diamonds again. And Mark and Sonny at this point still don't know that he's there. And that's when Hector's leg or a dead leg, either the real one was lifted or a fake one, they've got a dead one of those as well. Kick, is, kicks is, him in the butt. Yes, and he flies off the float, and that's when Mark and Sonny and wonder where he came from. So Tacky's now off the float, and he steals a duck costume. And <laughs> well, a Donald Duck uh, Donald costume. Duck costume which, I don't know if that was prop- copyright. copyright approved for the episode, but Donald Duck gets into the episode. He's chased by the owner, and somehow the owner ends up falling over rather than the guy in a duck's head. And uh, Tacky makes it back to the Waratah float hides away again and at this point we're seeing more well, of the parade and the crowd they've actually stopped band. as well they're, they're sort of getting ready to do the procession aren't they yeah and that's where jerry starts to complain we're the only float without dolls and he, then he wolf whistles 
Yeah. Sorry, I know you're probably getting to this, Ashwin. Uh, he wolf whistles like a whole bunch of like marching girls as they're walking by in short skirts and top hats. Yeah. yeah. It's very lonely up on the mountain where these guys <laughs> live. So. And that's the scene where, and then Tacky steals a Donald Duck head off a man, and then he runs through um, all the marching bands. And you get a good shot, lots of shots of him sort of going through the um, the festival. And then yeah. while that's happening, there's all shots on ladies, and then there's just like random wolf whistling as well. Yeah, it's a very different era. <laughs> <laughs> there was like five wolf whistles, like in a in a yeah. five minute period. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um... Yeah, it's very, very unusual. Very 60, 1967. Um, and so anyway, he gets back to the, the float and Skippy and Hector are not happy to see Tacky back again. But again, again, they can't move. Finally, now, as Tacky gets a little too brazen to get the, the necklace off Skippy, he blows his cover and Sonny and Mark jump on him and Sonny is hitting him with a bottle brush uh, they probably don't teach combat at radio school, but lucky Mark is there to land some harder shots. And mm. Matt and Jerry are completely oblivious to the fight taking place. So again, this yep. is back to that Shakespearean comedy of errors. No one knows what's going on. It's all escalating. And this is Leave while it. they're going down the parade while everyone's around them too. Sorry. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll get to that moment as yeah. well. So Lee, what were you thinking at this point when the cover was finally blown? Was that a moment of joy that this is all going to be over soon? Uh, I was stunned by the brawl that ensued. Like, it wasn't just, like, a few punches. This is, like, a full cage fight. There are, Um, like, Sonny is literally punching this guy in the face. They're wrestling. Like, it goes full UFC, and it goes for ages. And that's why It's like um, that fight out of They Live with Rowdy (laughs) Rowdy Piper. Like, it goes for that long. That's how long it goes for. It's pretty much the whole third act of the whole show. Yeah, this is very physical. And yeah, and Mark gets knocked out about three times. And he's punching Sonny too. A grown man is like punching a small little boy. Like Sonny is like laying in a few too. But like it is absolutely amazing. And the crowd is loving it. Yeah, I reckon child bashing must have been very normal back then because no one intervened. They just think, oh, this is a standard scene. This this is, of course, this has got to do with the Waratah National Park. Everyone like (laughs) fights with little rain. National Park. Well, actually, technically, at the Waratah National Park, that is literally what happens. <laughs> yeah. Technically, they are actually representing the perfect <laughs> scenario. That, that yeah, if they just thrown in a few more kidnappings, then it would yeah, be yeah, completely yeah. realistic. So, but uh, yeah, they're laying into each other, basically. Yeah, so it's, it's a long terrible. fight there, and the crowd is loving it. Even the event organizer is loving it, because the announcer says... Oh, this float is amazing. It's the attract it's attracting the most attention. It's the Waratah National Park float. The crowd's cheering. And Matt, never missing an opportunity for a lecture, tells Jerry, This is what happens when you apply yourself. <laughs> um, so his decision to not include dolls is vindicated. What did you think? Uh, does Matt lecture too much, Johnny, or was that a good character trait for him? No, that was pretty funny. Like, because he he basically was taking credit for absolutely nothing <laughs> he did, and it added to the comedy of the moment. And it was like that's where it sort of was like one of those things where it's like this is like a comedy skit because like there's them slap sticking down the back, and Matt and uh, Jerry are totally oblivious. 
everyone's cheering and they think it's great. Like that, that's like the perfect sort of comedy s- scenario there. So, yeah. And what was really funny was when the commentator, not only is he commenting on the scene, but he actually says, and all the punches being thrown and they're like, all the punches <laughs> being thrown. And Jerry's awesome. assumption is the phrase that he says is, oh, it must be just Skippy putting on a turn. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that, that Skippy's fighting and like how he's just totally cool with it. And Jerry sort of, tries to look for them but he can't see anybody but then he says oh they must be okay the crowd's cheering but the yeah. crowd are cheering tacky punching mark in the face <laughs> <You know? laughs> mark even ends yeah. up shirtless he's like oh, yeah he gets his off. shirt torn off by tacky yeah yeah, yeah. Let's not forget the Gold Coast float. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like a little price, a little piece of home. It was like a met- I know. I know. It looked pretty bad, but it was, uh, well, it was better compared to the um, Waratah National Park one. But that Gold Coast float was great and the lady on it because it was just some old granny from uh, the Gold Coast and uh, she was sitting on her float loving it. Jerry yep. wouldn't have minded. He would have been like, it doesn't matter how old, as long as there's a woman there. He'd be like, yeah. oh, she's a bit of all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that during that massive brawl, Skippy and Hector do nothing? Nothing. And we oh, know and did they you could've... notice how stiff both Skippy and Hector were for most of that as well? Oh, do you reckon they were cadavers? I think they might have been. They pulled out the old stuffed uh, emu and stuffed kangaroo and sat them there. So that's why they were so good at sitting still. Yeah. Well, they yeah. just sat back and watched because, that now. Because you're not going to have a stage of fight like that in front of two live animals. Unless, and, you, you know, they're going to be lashing about if you tie them down or anything. So they would have just put the stuffed animals out there. So I have a yeah. feeling because you can see them sort of shaking as the float, float's driving. It's interesting. The cops are also watching. There are cops lining the crowd and they do nothing as no, well. Yeah. It's all very normal. And, and yeah, it, it, this is like a fight taking as long as this conversation that we started from the start of this fight as well. Like, that's how long it's taking because they are just yeah. fighting each other and fighting each other. Yeah, it goes back and forth. One At one moment, Tacky gets the upper hand, then Mark comes back. Sonny gets more violent. He started by rubbing brush, bottle brush into Tacky's face. Now he's throwing punches. So it's almost like a Lord of the Flies kind of situation. Even Sonny's morphing into this monstrous fighter warrior kid. Um, yeah, Sonny, like, lays in a few. He literally, when Tacky's on the floor, Sonny, like, ground and pounds him on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) UFC style. Yeah. Yeah, And and Skippy had, like you said, Skippy had jumped to Sonny's defense when he was getting abducted, but Skippy does nothing. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm questioning Skippy's judgment. At some of these she times, watching yeah. she was a fan, and, and it's really yeah. weird because Mark also just makes the assumption that they're, he's after something in Skippy's pouch. I guess he's still he just keeps on trying to go for Skippy, so that's how he figures it. Well, let me mention a little side point. At this point, we see a Chinese dragon display. Oh, yeah. which I, thought, I thought was quite interesting, given this was still the white Australia policy era, the very end of it. So I guess internally, maybe Australia was more diverse, even if the border was quite strict at that point. What well, do you think no, that? I thought that was a cool little add-in because uh, Sydney does have a pretty big Chinatown and it is pretty uh, massive. So I'm not, I was not surprised that that was in there. But a lot of Chinese came over when in the mining rush, the, the gold boom. Uh, in the 1800s. So there are yeah. a lot of Chinese immigrants that come back a lot longer. I knew that yeah. that happened, but then there was a big, like after 1900 till 1970 or so. Yeah, but I still think the culture permanent, was alive. Yeah, I think there was a permanent Chinatown in there. And the, the I- immigrants that were already here were still 
here, they didn't go anywhere, like, and they would have had families and everything. So there would have been still communities here in that respect. But Mm. because by the 60s, like, I'd imagine that that would have been like an expanded community. Yep. And no need to to hide their culture as well. So it was interesting Mm. getting that slightly ethnic uh, take on Sydney. Yeah, uh, it wasn't just the Gold Coast. No, it wasn't. So by now, like you said, Sonny's throwing little head punches. The foliage is completely ruined, which is one of the saddest elements for me. I was, I was, that's a lot of native foliage that's just been mm. completely trashed. They finally get the better of Tacky and Skippy. Someone's Sonny, who then finds the jewelry in her pouch, which is the big reveal. Then we hear that the Waratah National Park float is announced as the winner. And then the, the episode gets a little unusual here. I thought there'd be some scenes at the mm. float, the festival, a prize. But no, we just go straight to them arriving home. Yep. Matt gets out of the car and Sonny is lying passed out. And Matt says they won't be going in next year. Does he know his nine-year-old son was in a punch-up with a dangerous criminal? Or what happens? Uh, what do you think? No, he doesn't. Scene? Because he says, oh, he's had a busy day. And then carries him back inside. He should be carrying him on a bloody stretcher to the hospital. He would be just, his face would have been battered. I was like, did he actually pass out because he was tired? Or was he punched unconscious? Yeah. <laughs> what well, kind of parenting is this? I know. This is like, this is where, yeah, I thought this was lazy. Because I was like, I needed a wrap up for the tacky thing. Obviously, they would have addressed it because... Tacky's gone. He's not back on the float again. So he's gone. So, and, and they would have been like, why the fuck does Mark not have his shirt on? Um, so yeah. I have a feeling Matt and Jerry know what have happened, but they act just so nonchalant about it that it feels like they could have just not known about it. Um, yeah. So I, I have, a, I have a feeling they do like, cause as I said, like they'd punched out Tacky on the back of the float and they got, necklace so it's i'm not assuming sunny wouldn't still have the necklace bottom <laughs> it's yeah i felt like we were copped out a little bit of uh some what happened to tacky I, was you I know want, like what happened what happened i reckon either it was a production stress issue maybe budget or time ran out or the editor just thought oh we need to pack in so many shots of the parade and show yep. how big and wonderful this was it, let's just cut back on the resolution scene at the end and they just went straight to pulling into the driver. Maybe they did shoot a scene there. Because they're only like 23 or 24 minute episodes. So they're very short. So I probably think it's down to editing of like, okay, we've just got to wrap this up. That's true. Tacky needed some resolution. Like there's normally a a joke with a cop and then they wrap it up and someone laughs and Flippy wears a costume and then we all go (laughs) home. That's what we wanted. Well, I would imagine they would have like left on the, uh, the shot of the coat of arms, but they didn't. Yeah. So that's how the episode ends. That's, that's pretty much it. Let's go to some some impressions of, of the episode overall. Johnny, how many gum leaves are you going to give this and why? Okay. I, I am disappointed in the ending, but I totally get it. But I have to say that this episode was really quite good. Um, I thought the, you know, the whole comedy of errors and the sitcom-y part of it was great. I think I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, gum leaf. that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought gum leaves. That's that's. A, I think it was a strong episode. Yeah, but I think it, the action certainly made up for some of the flaws. Lee, what did you think about it? I'm going to give this one three and a half gum leaves because I think it was a fun episode. I, if I'm going to use an analogy here, I'm going to say it's like when you watch Rocky the first one and you're like, this is just a really well crafted drama. But then you watch Rocky Four and you're like, oh man, this is 
all flash, but man, it's fun. Even though it's a bit yeah. ridiculous, it's fun. And this is kind of like this episode for me where it yeah. was just, it was more like that. So I had a lot of fun watching it. Not a heap happened in terms of plot, but the mm. action was epic. I think the bloody sex pest stuff had me laughing at it quite a bit because yeah. it was just so inappropriate. Not laughing with not, it, I was laughing not, at you know, not laughing, Not laughing with Jerry's no. leering, laughing no. at him. Laughing at, laughing at it. At so, 1957. Yeah. Yeah. And the episode felt really quick. I mean, probably because half of it was a full on brawl and I like combat sports. So it was like, yeah. this is fun. So I think yeah, yeah three, three and a half for me. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, though. It lacked an Adrian. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a, I'm yeah. sure Jerry wished there was plenty of Adrians. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm similar to Johnny. I actually, the action for me covered up so much. I was having so much fun with the float and the fight scene and is Skippy going to get involved and the theft and a man and a child fighting, which is like some carnival event. Um, <laughs> it's just really weird. So I guess the fun of it all pushed it up to a four for me. Um, but yeah, it did lack in heart and some other elements, but mm. just a fun episode. And it was that Shakespearean comedy of errors. I can imagine that the writer has trained in that or knows what that is and was mm. trying to set up these comedy of era moments. So I thought that was quite fun in a skippyish way. So yeah, four gum leaves for me. Nice. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Johnny, where are we going next? Okay. We are up to episode 18, Summer Storm. When a storm hits the Waratah National Park, the communication line goes down. What makes matters worse is that Matt is bitten by a snake and with the radio out, no one can call the radio for help. It is up to Skippy to go for help and the antidote to save Matt's life. Interesting. We've never, we've never yes. seen Matt be vulnerable before, so that's going to be a fun, uh, interesting episode. I wonder if the snake will be like a carpet snake, like a non-venomous one. Yeah. I, I'm sort of calling that now. To be continued, to be decided. So um, that's pretty much it. Let's check that episode out next week. Johnny and Lee, thank you both for your time today. Thank you. Scoopy, scoop, 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 sco